It's a bitch hunt. 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 We are live. Welcome back yeah. to Smooth Jazz 101.3 KJZZ. I'm your host, Detective John. <laughs> Detective John? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm Luke's father, John Ramsey, who was the only man who ever listened to that radio station. <laughs> well, we were, we also listened to that radio station because... While we were with... <laughs> <laughs> because that's what John listened to. <laughs> I feel like there's a larger audience for smooth jazz than you realize. You know what's weird? What's weird? My dad loved that radio station, but he, like, loathes Kenny G. Feel, he just hates him. I feel like Kenny G was in heavy rotation on that station, so I'm not quite sure how that relationship between man and radio station worked out. Yeah, I can't tell you. I guess why the radio station failed <laughs> is that that very reason. <laughs> See, Kenny G but, isn't even isn't even like jazz adjacent though. He he plays a jazzy instrument, but it's just like it's like the lowest form of pop that happens to be played <laughs> on the soprano saxophone. Also, I was listening to a, a, a podcast that I will not name because we do not uh, advertise for other podcasts on this podcast. And they were talking about Kenny G. And uh, they were talking about the kind of saxophone he played. And somebody said, oh, I'm pretty sure it was a tenor sax. And they just like all went no, with no, it. No. They all, no, they all went with it. And that, that became like canon on that podcast. And it made me extremely angry. Man. All three of us have owned a tenor sax. I've owned multiple tenor saxes, including I have too, including yours, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess both of you have owned one of my tenor yeah. saxes. I think I and I've owned two. I think I also owned one of your brother's tenor saxes at one point, Luke. Point is, Kenny G did not play the tenor saxophone. Yeah, the tenor it, saxophone it, is an incredible instrument. The soprano saxophone is like barely an instrument, and that's what Kenny G, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, plays. It's a good thing that our fact checker goes through our episodes to keep us from having such an embarrassing, such an embarrassing situation gaff. as that. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Melvin. Thanks, Melvin. Shout out to Melvin. I mean, I feel like we talk about him on most episodes, but I just want to make yeah, sure well, he's that in we the talk credits. about him today. Yeah. True. 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 And he actually comes up with all of our pitches and sends them to us. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for all the work you do, Melvin. The man behind the pod. Truly. One of these days we'll have him talk on the on the pod. Yeah, too bad that he's out right now getting married. Also too bad that he's very bashful. Yeah, that he's very bashful. Yeah, so Melvin's getting married this week. Uh, to Kenny G, no less. It, yeah. it is to Kenny G, which is awkward because I've like, I've bad talked. I mean, Luke and I have both bad talked. Well, I, mostly I have bad talked Kenny G a lot on this episode. No, I think he's a real piece of shit. Well, yeah, he's not good enough for Melvin, that's for sure. I was about to say that I, I he's a fine human being. He's just a, no. a pitiful excuse for a musician. But you no, know, you're not on board with that. I think he's a great musician, but just not good enough for our Melvin. Well, that's a high bar. That that yeah. bashful bow is is near and dear to our hearts. So any any 
anybody who came through the door wouldn't have been good enough for you, Will. You have such high standards for Melvin. <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway, uh, how do you think that wedding planning is going for our boy, boy Melvin? Do you think he's having the ideal wedding? I would hope so. I was about to say that the wedding planning phase, seeing as we said that he's getting married right now, hopefully that part is over. Well, you know, sometimes you plan it as you do it. Melly Mel is a spontaneous fella, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That's why he's so good at fact-checking on the spot and in the moment. Yeah, and if he gets it wrong, he just goes out into the world and changes the facts so that we're still right. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, it's the truth. No one else would do that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Most fact-checkers are lazy. Wait, so does that mean that this episode is just going to be riddled with inaccuracies because we've already said that Melvin isn't here to fact-check on the fly? Yeah, unfortunately. Well, this will be the one and only episode with any errors in it. Yeah. So just prepare yourself for that. So anyway, we were talking about how Melvin is a real person and getting married and how Kenny G is good at... Music it's sucking. You were saying that he was good at music. I don't think anybody else agrees with that. It, I, it, I think he's good at being a piece of shit. Yeah. So so far, it sounds like Luke is all around anti Kenny G. I don't like his music, but like him as a person. And will you? Like- I don't like anything about him but his hair, which is triumphant. His hair is triumphant. It's more of a mane, really. Like just calling it hair doesn't really do it justice. I just always envision Weird Al Yankovic when I think of Kenny G, and I know that they don't look anything alike, but I'm not yeah, going to It's a Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana situation, though. <laughs> <laughs> they're one and the same. <laughs> I think they actually kind of probably do look alike. I've seen a lot more of Weird Al Yankovic's face than I've seen of Kenny G's face, but they definitely have a similar flow going on, hair-wise. Um so it's you know it's an easy mistake to make i think yeah well this week we're gonna pitch (laughs) wedding films in honor of melvin but also in honor of will yeah yeah who got married recently and that's the reason we took our hiatus if you didn't tune into our last episode or i mean depending on when the the order that we release these episodes in this might be the first one back who knows (laughs) we have a lot of freedom right now (laughs) Yeah, man. It really just depends on how I edit things. You know, I might be switching some things around. Or or if you edit things. Yeah, you know, that's another part of why our hiatus has been so long is I got lazy. But I'm I'm not lazy anymore, as evidenced by the fact that you're listening to this episode now. Right, right. I was about to say something about how married life has turned you into a slob, but... I take it back. I mean, we all know that. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> yeah, you are. I can see behind you through your webcam. There's just a wall smeared with feces. <laughs> yeah, married life is great because, you know, all this time I was trying to impress my spouse to be shitting into toilets, but now I don't have to do that anymore. So I'm that, just that must be rubbing it around feeling. all over the walls. That must be just amazing. I really can't speak uh, on the subject because I'm not wearing pants right now. Um, mm-hmm. Which is just as bad as rumming your shit all over the wall. It is. It's it's really similar. In a lot of ways, the, the, the bachelor lifestyle is similar to the recently married lifestyle in that, you know, like bodily functions, especially to do with the butt, are just like, you kind of, it's kind of like you just let it loose and it lies where it lies. Yeah, do you find well, that to be true, Will? 
Butts are just free flying objects that are uh, only contained by the the possibility of matrimony in the future, and that's it. You know, right? right. And I've given up on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you don't have any any prospects that I know. Thanks, of. Maybe, thanks, Will. Yeah. Wait how 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 have how you been, Jacob? <laughs> No, it's fine. Let's just move on. God. I I felt like you were going to at least try to be nice, but that's no, not at all. I mean, I think you could do a couple things to help yourself out. Uh, Lay them on me, man. I'm all Well, really only one thing. What's that? In my mind. You got to grow out a Kenny G haircut. Yeah, you do. Mm. Or a Weird Al haircut. The yeah, thing is, I would love to do that, which is only yep, partially. So stop right there. Okay, it's only partially and a lie, it. but I feel like the intermediary stages between where I am right now with my flow and where I would have to be to be Kenny G like, that's where the real problems lie. You know, how long would that stage be? Several months, at least. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, like, are you not willing to wait six months to attract your one true love? You could you could start planning the wedding, and by the time you have it, you'll have a full main. Yeah, you should book the venue first, and then find your future spouse. That actually, yeah, that sounds That's like what a great premise for a movie. Let's pitch it. The aspirational bachelor. Okay, I'm Run stealing that idea. That's Run my idea. It. Okay, I, let's I stole start it. now. That's, that's <laughs> mine. You want to go now? <laughs> Oh, should I pitch it now? Will is pitching (laughs) the film The Aspirational Bachelor. Go. (laughs) Go. Okay. So, uh, our hero, who is played by... uh, This is going great. (laughs) Keep it up, Will. Uh, So, so, uh, fuck. What's his name? He's like... Burt uh, Lancaster. Burt Reynolds. No, his name isn't Bert. His he's in the X Men series. He's one of the young, the young old people. James McAvoy. Yeah, James McAvoy. Right. Okay. He's. A, I feel like so, he's a pitch hunt veteran. Yeah, James. Our boy James McAvoy. Sure. Um, he is in the rowboating business. <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, he's a. He's a. <laughs> He's a good rower and he uh professional and uh he's out out there rowing one day. Wait. Can I can I stop you real quick? Yeah. Just for my own edification and that of the the listeners when you say professional rowboating, are you talking like crew where you're in a really long rowboat with a bunch of other people and you're rowing really fast or are you talking a guy who professionally rows like a solo rowboat like, with a couple oars? He, he's maybe he drives people around like little ponds. He's they pay crew. him. He's got a crew. Okay. He's got a crew. Okay. okay. He's got a crew. Yeah. And he's um. So the idea is there's a big rowboating comp- competition coming up, and uh, he's training with his crew. And the thing about these competitions is you have to actually book your own accommodations there. Oh man. Right? Oh man, so I feel he, like there's going to be a, a misunderstanding that's going to be very comical. So 
so he he has like a an agent, <laughs> uh, a bumbling agent. Who plays that agent? Uh, Is this one of those films where James McAvoy plays every character? <laughs> I wish because he's he's on. On the record, having done that already. He is. And to great effect. He's done that twice, hasn't he? Yeah. Twice he's played multiple characters in a movie. At least twice. Well, kind of kind of the same character, but the split personality thing. Right. So is he his own bumbling agent and he just doesn't realize it will? Or is there somebody else who's his agent? Uh, I'm figuring out the actor. I'm, I'm closing in on it. Okay. Let us know as you progress. Ken Marino. Ken Marino uh, is his bubbling agent. I love Ken agent. Marino. So, so Ken Marino, he's like, I, I got it, Mr. James McAvoy. That was a really good impersonation. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's, like, just like a younger, better-looking Ray Romano in some ways. Yeah, way less annoying, too. Is, is he um, better-looking? Yes. Okay. Yes, he is. Okay. I think he's a, I think he's a looker. He's actually... Oh, okay. Never mind. I, I was just finding a bad picture of him. He's kind of like halfway between Ray Romano and Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good hybridification you came up with there, Jacob. Okay. So, Ken Marino goes off to, you know, punch his numbers and figure out how to how to get book this venue. Uh, and then James McAvoy is out, you know, sailing with his crew. By sailing, I mean rowing, of course. <laughs> of course. And... <laughs> He uh, comes back to shore, and uh, and Ken Marino is like, I I I I booked I booked. Uh, gotta get this voice. I booked the. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the venue. <laughs> and so. Oh boy. You, you really uh, had it at the start. Yeah, he sounds like a totally different no, person. He sounds though. like Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I booked the venue, did I? Booked the venue, did I? Are you sure you don't want hey, Frank Mr. James Oz? McAvoy? I, I booked the menu. Awesome. And 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 he's just like, let me go, let me show you. And then and then uh, he go he leads him over to this like beautiful wedding venue. Ugh. And and James McAvoy is like. This isn't like a place to stay for a rowing competition. And then he's like, oh, I don't know. It seemed good to me. And so he's like, oh, fine, you fucking idiot. Uh, we'll, we'll just all stay here. But then it turns out. Oh, man. A couple months pass. It turns out that the, that the river that they were going to be rowing down. Sure. Is frozen over. And they have to, they have to, they have to cancel the competition. This, oh no! This catches them as a surprise. And <laughs> that's James not, McAvoy, that's not something they could have, they could have seen coming. James McAvoy is like, okay, well that's fine. You have the receipts, right? Like you can, you can just cancel this booking. And Ken Marino's like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And so he's like, "Oh fuck, we've got this. Like, I, I, I am missing a payday here because oh, we're not having our big row competition, and I'm, I'm way, way in the hole because of this venue. Guess I better get married." <laughs> so, are you going to tell Ken Marino he's acting in this movie, or just have him try to book hotels for you? <laughs> 
<laughs> the lovable idiot probably doesn't probably doesn't know either way, so it's fine. It's one and the same, really. He doesn't know that he has an acting career. That's what I like to believe. Yeah, he's just really bumbling and charismatic. And so anyway, the rest of the movie is James McAvoy planning this wedding. He's getting the flowers. He's getting the... Boy, it's been a while since I've planned a, a yeah, wedding. Yeah, man, it's so. been like a solid two months. Yeah. Uh, he He's getting the officiant. He's getting the caterer because it comes separately for whatever reason in this, you know. Uh, you got us neckties for your wedding. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You got those neckties. And like super nice thermoses with their names right. on them. The only thing he needs is a spouse. Oh. Wait, did, did, so then he has to, he, he like meets this very attractive young lady at the bar and they like hit it off. And that's a, she's played by James McAvoy. That's a great right? start. Yeah, she's, <laughs> well, she's played by Jamie McAvoy, the I'm female gonna, James ah. McAvoy. I'm going to see if that's a real person, but go and on. So Jamie... You know, they hit it off and like it. She's 94 years old, Will. (laughs) This actress. (laughs) That's impossible. She's the same age as James McAvoy. She's the female version. (laughs) Okay, go on. I'm sorry. This is, I'm sorry. This is so loose, guys. I'm really out of practice pitching. No, No, this this is, this is, this is actually one of your more focused pitches. What, what proceeds from this point is just your classic rom-com uh, sort of well, let me, trajectory let me throw where up. they fall in love and then and then it turns out that he only loves her to get married and then she's like, <laughs> she feels used. That's horrible. She's like, I was going to marry you, but then when I found out you only wanted me to get married... And then is there a- now I feel conflicted, the- and so then there's like the downward spiral. There's a, a little bit of everybody hurts by REM. Oh God, yeah. And then and then, but then like there's a rush to the airport on the morning of the wedding, and he he catches Jamie McAvoy, and they they run off together because it uh, and and get married. Okay, but I gotta add a little element. Me, yeah, me too. To wrap this all sure, together. Sure, go ahead, Luke. So she makes it to the airport, uh-huh. but then the only bridge to the airport collapses oh, no. before he oh, can no. get across. And he has to row as fast as he can. <laughs> oh. Without his crew. Back. Yes, 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 yes. That's fantastic. The piece that I was going to add is that she's going to be like right, you know, about to go onto the onto the onto the plane and he's going to be yelling and he's going to be yelling and finally she'll come over and say what do you what do you want why do you need to see me and he'll be like at first i only wanted to marry you to fulfill my contractual obligation to rent this wedding venue but over the course of knowing you i've fallen in love with you and i truly really believe that we are meant to be together forever Wow, that is beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. I've also that's got, a, I've got a really and good then, line. Twist ending. She dies of old age before they can get married. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's the same age as James. Okay. And and okay, but she's which is young because James McAvoy. That motherfucker's got to be only like thirty-seven years old or something. I think he's forty. Uh, it's too bad that Melvin isn't here to fact check that. Yeah, yeah but as we said, facts are going to be loose in this one. Um. But <laughs> 
but I've got this one great line where like they have this big old fight and then and then in the reconciliation speech James is like I've been rowing all my life. I don't want to row with you anymore. Oh my god. Oh wow. That's awesome, man. Yeah, dude. Like, she's got to take him back then. Except he should say that he's been rowing all his life at first because you like you spoiled the the awesome pun. Oh. Oh, okay, let me try it again. I've been rowing all my life. I don't want to row any longer. Are you Was that You could I, I mean, I, I was thinking you'd say I've been rowing all my life. I don't want to have a row with you now or something like that. Mm. The thing the the thing is we'll workshop the it. Workshop the it. thing is it it doesn't really work great any way that you do it. It works better like in print, I think. <laughs> if he yeah, he should write it out. Yeah. Maybe he'll oh, lose yeah. his voice. He'll be like he'll somehow get onto the runway and she's already on the plane. Oh. And he'll like work his way up on like the, the plane yeah. cleaner lift and, the, and, and, the, and slam the, and that the, against the, the window. Runway, no, the runway is a lot there's like a, a weird like like ditch. <laughs> the canal. There's like a trench <laughs> for drainage by this runway and he has to row alongside the plane and then to catch up with but it also as it's, it's taking off. Also it's winter time. Uh and so it's all snowy, so he has to pee it into the snow as he's uh, rowing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. In cursive. <laughs> yeah. That, that frozen he, river thing yeah. totally slipped my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and then he like puts a little disclaimer at the end of the pee note that's like, when we're married, I won't publicly urinate anymore. But that takes him a long time to write with his own urine. Yeah, and then cut to like two months later, we'll see him sitting happily with his wife, but their walls will be smeared with feces and pee. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you do! That came full circle in such a satisfying way. Thank you. Will, yeah, I think we should ship this, I'm Will. Sh- I really should have gotten through this uh, like without your guys' help. I just want to thank you guys for, for holding my hand through that one. I, I know it's not typically a, a group effort with me, but like I really appreciate it. Anytime, Will. It was a real pleasure. That was, that was just a delightful pitch through and through and i'm shipping it no question thank you for not questioning anything Who wants to follow that up, man? That was that was. Uh, I would. I'll follow that okay. up. I know that you put some time and effort into yours, Jacob. I, this week, I did. So I put a lot of time and effort into it. Oh boy! I'm gonna try to be quick and just give you room to really flesh out your good idea. <laughs> oh boy! Okay. <laughs> Never said that but it was no good. No pressure. No. <laughs> you put words in my no mouth. No pressure now. whatsoever. <laughs> so, my film starts with an heiress. Heiress Britannia von Dollar sign. Oh, oh man. Wait, is it she's, pronounced that way, but also spelled with a dollar sign? 
Yeah, it's spelled with a dollar sign. Sick. So it's like Vance. 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 It's like uh, if you said dollar sign instead of Kesha. Sure, sure, yeah, sure, 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 yeah, okay. sure, sure. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay. She's played by Mila Kunis. Nice. Awesome. Um, and she's as wealthy as her name kind of implies. Like she's she's one of those people who lights her cigars with like original Picasso sketches. Of and course, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. She drinks that coffee that that little animal poops out. Yep, yep. I know exactly what sure, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the most yeah, expensive yeah. coffee in the world. Um, and she's very much a public figure. So we're gonna get introduced to her through like a montage of tabloid covers. Mm, I love she's it. like a socialite. Is she? She's a socialite. Is she in yeah. fact British? Um, I feel like I would like to hear Mila Kunis do a British accent, so why not? Yeah. Sure. Sure. My name is Moila Kunis, me lord. That's probably how she sounds. She would sound a lot more <laughs> high class than the, that, though. Like, I don't think Cockney is usually in <clears throat> the go-to of the rich classes. Maybe that's my ignorance showing, but... But she's new old money. That... What does that mean? I don't understand Her, her parents were YouTube stars, and uh. then... Died, <laughs> but they they died in like 2005, two years after YouTube was invented. Uh, are the children of influencers? Are they just influence? That took like several seconds for my brain, like the synapses, to work my way around that. Will and I don't know the answer. I'm I'm still working on it too. Okay, <laughs> get back to us. We'll let our audience out. ponder that one. Yeah. Bring it back next week. Uh, you know what? Tweet at us. Yeah, tweet at us. Frank, we're talking to you, bud. (laughs) (laughs) So, her story that is told through these tabloid covers is that uh, she's a bit of an alcoholic. Uh One cover says she's drunk again. Uh. Another cover says that she's cheated on her girlfriend again, so she's a womanizer, too. Uh. Next cover, she's at her drunkest yet. <laughs> then uh, next cover, she's back to her womanizing ways. Next, Von Dollar Sign is so drunk, we simply cannot believe she's still alive. Oh, man. It's, it's kind of nice that she like she compartmentalizes her womanizing and drinking, though, so it's never like she's both. Yeah, it's a, it's like a it's the, every other day type thing The one thing redeeming quality she has. Yeah, it's a, a layer cake of hedonism. Yeah, rather than a rather than a, a well mixed malt. Yeah, yeah. Man, I want a malt now. I, I but anyway. just reminded myself that I have ice cream cake in the freezer that oh. Will was supposed to eat but didn't. Oh yeah, I was. Could so you mail me a piece? I mi- in like a freezer bag. Just mail it to me. Um, no, because I'm gonna eat okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Um, you get the Von Dollar sign picture, though. She is an alcoholic, she's a womanizer, and it's safe to say that she's not super popular among the public. People just view her as, like, this rich person who um, has some issues that she doesn't, like, appear to be trying to keep under control. And that's all we get from her, so we only get that media view of her. Not a, a first-person introduction. Neat. We pull back, and we see that our leading lady is actually reading a series of tabloids about Britannia Von Dollar Sign. 
And our leading lady is Kim, who's played by Amy Wong. Nice. And uh, we find out that she's just gotten out of a long relationship, too. And the reason is that she just can't stop grifting. Oh, man. (laughs) She's like a straight-up con artist. And now that she's single, she's got this goal to swindle Britannia Von Dollar Sign into marrying her. Oh, man. Can Can I very quickly ask you a question, Luke? Yeah. So Amy Wong is a fictional character from what? from Futurama. <laughs> no. Am I wrong? Do I have <laughs> I might be mixing up two people. Oh wait, there you are. It's in it it's some hold on. Are you thinking of Cuz I love Futurama. You're talking about Ali Wong. Ali Wong. Yep, I'm talking about Ali Wong. Okay. Okay. Who's channeling some Amy Wong vibes from Futurama? Sure. Although it's I, amazing how I just ex- I even though Amy that. Wong is not a grifter at all, I kind of accepted it too. Will <laughs> Amy Wong is actually a lot more like the Mila Kunis character? Yeah, yeah, she is actually interesting. So, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> back at it with Ali Wong. Yes, um, she's going to swindle Britannia Von Dollar Sign into marrying her now that she's single. Nice. So she's got nothing to lose. Um, she sets up like a, a forced meet cute. She's gonna try to make Britannia Von Dollar Sign notice her and fall in love with her. How's she gonna do that? Um, she goes to a casino where Britannia Von Dollar Sign is just throwing around some money, and she bets. I don't know something something very interesting, which I can't think of. <laughs> she bets a night with herself. She bets cobra. a night with herself. And, and a full cobra. Britannia Von Dollar Sign can't resist. Mm. So she puts some chips down in the poker game. Or however gambling works. I yeah, don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Usually we have Melvin do this research yeah. for us. <laughs> this is just going to show how helpless we are. And uh, she wins that night. Oh, boy. So they spend a night together. And Britannia is surprisingly normal and chill and respectful. Now, that's that's surprising to hear based on what we've seen from the tabloids. Right? Yeah. So they have, like, a really good night together. um, Just enjoying each other's company, getting to know each other. And Kim leaves kind of shocked and surprised, and she thinks, okay, I'm not going to call her back because... I just would feel bad about swindling this person. She seems mm-hmm. kind of misunderstood. Wow, so a lifetime of grifting. A lifetime of grifting. But the thing is, Britannia Von Dollar Sign gives her a call the next day. And she's like, hey, I want to meet up again. Ooh. I had a really good time. Ooh. So now she's got a conundrum. She was going to leave it be, but she gets pulled back in. And over a series of dates, she starts to fall for Britannia Von Dollar Sign, who she discovers has this really bad rap. There is a bit of a conspiracy in the tabloid news industry to to smear her. Oh, my God. And uh, they decide together that they're going to stage a marriage just for the sake of tricking the tabloids. And that will hopefully force them into leaving Britannia Von Dollar Sign alone for the rest of her life if they think she's settled down. Wow. And is no longer a womanizer. Mm. Wow. That seems like a risky play. It so is a risky play. you're saying the grifter is becoming the grifty. Well, 
It's, well, she's not getting grifted. No. But she sees it as an opportunity <clears throat> to grift again because the whole marriage thing is just getting put on a platter for her. Uh-huh. So it's it's more it's like a it's a it's a grift with an with honorable intentions. Mm. It is. So the thing is, Britannia von Dollarsign wants to pay her a pretty sizable chunk of money. A hundred thousand dollars. That's to go through with this, okay. and they'll use a fake officiant, fake wedding completely. But the press won't know that. The thing is, though, Kim sees this as an opportunity to switch the officiant so that it's a real one, get an actual marriage, and then uh, take half her money. Holy moly, so it's a grift within a grift. Oh, yeah, man. a grift sandwich, really. Griftception. Holy moly. Okay. It's like a, tu- a turducken of grifting. <laughs> That's a really, really apt analogy. Yeah, I agree. I guess you'd need a third grift for that. Is there a third grift? Yeah, the chicken part. I mean, well, yeah, there uh, needs to be a third grift. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, everything about Britannia in the tabloids turns out to be false. Ugh. Like, they're, they're photoshopping drinks into her hands, photoshopping women into her arms. It's It's just a... A big mess. And Sounds really topical, you know, like with all this fake news and all. Really? Yeah. So it's a it's a real witch hunt out there, as they say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would make for a great podcast name. Will, do you want to edit our theme song in right there to come in with witch hunt instead of pitch hunt? Ooh, 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 yeah. Oh shit! Our podcast is really close to witch hunt, isn't it? Uh, I don't. I don't see it personally. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, never mind. It's it. I don't think it'll work. No. Kind of a cool thought, but yeah, it's too much of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. So the wedding day draws near. They've been spending a lot of time together, getting to know each other even more, and turns out they really like each other. Um, and for that reason, on the day of the real slash fake slash maybe real wedding, Kim confesses to Britannia that she has hired an actual uh, licensed minister to see oversee this wedding. Wow. And it's at that moment that Britannia tells her, you know what, I've spent all this time with you planning this fake wedding, um, and over the course of that time I've fallen in love with you. Do you want to actually get married with this real officiant? They lock eyes. Kim says, I would love that. And then... They have one 45-minute long kiss. Nice. 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 It's shown from only one angle, and it's like a, a very wide shot. <laughs> so it's very, very long. Can you can you set the scene for me? Like, where are they when this happens? Yeah, they're just like in some hotel lobby and junk. Okay. Are there like people cool. walking by and stuff? No, nah, they're in a corner. Okay. Okay. But there's... So I was going to say, if they generic... were in the middle of the lobby, that would be West Anderson as fuck. But, like, if they're in a corner, he doesn't really do corners. Yeah, no. they're just in a corner, but kind of off-centered. And then there's a pretty ugly hotel lobby drawing <laughs> nice. or painting behind them on the wall. Of, of what? Nice. Sorry, there's not that. much to look at. <clears throat> the drawing is really important, because, I mean, you're going to be... I'm assuming not looking at them for the whole 45 minutes. 
Yeah, it's just a painting of a tenor saxophone. Okay, that's awesome. I have no problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> cool, Kenny G plays that. Um, you they- uh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen well. I know Melvin isn't here. Um, and then they get married. Oh. Ooh. And the postscript here is that together they decide to buy out all of the most malicious tabloids. And turn them into real news. Ooh. Wow. And together, they become these high-powered media titans. So they single-handedly save humanity. Because humanity, as we, as we know, fake news is the enemy of the people yeah. and the enemy of the world. And the biggest threat facing our country, nay, the globe. So really, But here they are. A, They're like benevolent, benevolent Murdoch figures. Is that even possible? They're like... Well, this is a fictional film. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. I don't, you, I don't think you ever explicitly said that, so... That, that long take will be gritty and realistic, but... What'll make it gritty? Don't get fooled. Just like there'll be people coughing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> like footsteps pitter-pattering by. No, I, ironically, like there'd be no music at all. I was gonna say, ironically, the lobby of a hotel is like one of the top places that I expect to hear Kenny G. <laughs> but can you make sure not to have any Kenny G playing during that? Because I feel like people would be misled by the picture of the tennis tenor sax and then the Kenny G. Yeah, playing. <laughs> there's only gonna be didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Awesome. I'm super, super, super in on this pitch, man. Me too. I feel like... No, me too. I, I was going to say, I feel like it's missing like one character, which would be like an, an evil Rockefeller Murdoch type. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that we would see behind the scenes trying to ruin uh, Miss Dollar Sign's yeah. life. And like having this grudge because she's she's old new yeah. money. Instead of money, the officiant turns uh, out at the end to not actually be a real officiant, but actually a tabloid member. Whoa! (laughs) And and it turns out they were being grifted the whole time because you can't fool an honest man or woman. And then we would have our our true tur grifton. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was it. We needed our chicken grift. Uh, That's I guess what was missing. Maybe back in '05. Her parents ran one of those YouTube prank channels. Sure, sure. <laughs> and they would just consistently prank this guy who ended up buying a lot of tablets. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, he's just been behind the scenes being the bane of Mila's life this whole time. And then, and then, and then, it actually turns out to be, a, uh, I can't think of any other foul, but like a crow turducken. <laughs> Because like <laughs> there's got to be a more edible fowl. Like you got a pheasant, you got a grouse, you got geese. <laughs> Gee, uh, yeah, pheasant's good. A faux turducken, and and because like at the end, like this 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 grift, it turns out that like actually Mila was in was ahead of this the whole time, and like made like made this tabloid person ordained without them realizing. And so they actually did do the real wedding. And the joke's on them. See, I, I, 
I never say no to a twist, but I feel like this is getting a little bit too complicated now. <laughs> there will be a 15-minute end scene where they just explain everything. Well, that's the reason why there's that, that 45 gritty Mac scene, because it, it allows for the, the brains to kind of cool down and but allows the-, the audience to sort of soberly talk about the movie while the macking is happening. Yeah, the, maybe, the macking is maybe happening. off in one corner of the screen we could just have like a little text explanation <laughs> scrolling up and down. The the only problem with that plan, and I mean the only problem, is that the the that scene takes place like before most of the twists. Yeah, we'll we'll have to issue a spoiler alert beforehand. <laughs> Yeah. So there's going to be a twist, but don't worry because that's not the last twist. We're trying to explain the twist after the twist. <laughs> and I mean, for that reason, I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense for it to be 45 minutes because there's just a, a whole heck of a lot to explain. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, can we ship? Yeah, that? I think it's tightly, yeah, I ship tightly tied that, up. Man. Ship it, ship it all the way to that hotel. Send mm, one of the bellboys mm, to mm. pick it up. Oh yeah. Please recommend your friends to listen to our podcast. We'd really love it. It would mean a lot if they give us a shot. It don't take a lot of thought to listen to our podcast. We're just talking. And sometimes there's songs. All right, the time has come, Jacob. Your very good and well-prepared pitch is about to emanate from your mouth. Don't let us down. I'm going to let you down. I can just guarantee you that. Uh, I, I'd like to say that for the second time today, I did never say that it was good. Well-prepared and good are two very different things. Um, As you're just being modest. Well... Listeners, this is going to be the best pitch you've heard on this podcast. Okay. Guaranteed. Yeah, I'll, I'll make that guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so strap yourselves in. We're in Australia... Crikey. Crikey. Uh, the year is 2019, and uh, there's a, a lovely couple out on a date. They've been dating for quite a while. You can tell from very early on by the way they banter with each other, the way that they're still playfully flirtatious, but at the same time you can tell that they've, they've been through the ringer. And uh, sure enough, they're talking about getting married. And it, tur- ah. it turns out, in fact, they're engaged. Whoa. And so they're taking some time off from their busy work lives to uh to start to hammer out some of the details of this upcoming of these upcoming nuptials. Um the the bride to be is played by Samara Weaving. <laughs> uh your true love. Who's, See, Jacob. Yeah. I don't know if she's single, but I'm saying book the venue. <laughs> Grow out your hair and then go to her. Yeah, uh, I'm not. Or spend a long time uh, planning a fake wedding with her, during which point you fall in love, and during which point also she might grift you. I don't yeah. like the idea of being grifted, even by Samar weaving. Though. Yeah, but jokes on her. Okay, you don't have that much money. That's true. That's a really good point. She couldn't take. And me you have much. student loans. I, yeah, I do. In fact, she would be taking on debt. It seems like it would be a pretty good... So maybe you do want to so be So I would be the grifter, then? The grifty. I wouldn't mind being grifted by Samara Weaving, but I feel like any grifter <laughs> worth their salt would uh, not target somebody who is has a negative like net worth. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> She'll be distracted by your hair, man. Yeah, your beautiful hair that you've grown out to be like Kenny G. Look at how my hair is already, though. Do I even have to grow it out that far? Yeah, I would like to point out to the listeners, <laughs> since the start of this podcast, Jacob hasn't cut his hair once, <laughs> so it's growing. Tell, tell the listeners yeah, what it looks like. It's already like. closer. I know Melvin isn't here, but you can take Luke's word for it. Also, I I just looked up Samara's deets, and she is like one month and nine days younger than you, Dude, Jacob. she's exactly one month and nine days younger than me. This is something that I've looked up to, and is going to be one of the things that we talk about when we inevitably meet, along with our mutual love for her Uncle Hugo. Yeah. I don't need to grift, dude. I, like, I, I, got this, I got this on lock in a traditional way, but that's beside the point, okay? I'm pitching. I mean, that's All like right. what? So, that's forty days, right? That's like a biblical number of days younger than she is. Than she, she, than you are. She, she is than you. Yes, that last thing that you said is is yes. That's right. So that you can say, you can say that. That'll be the first thing you say to her is we're we're biblically apart in age. Biblically, <laughs> she'll like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I don't disagree with any of this, but I would like to also point out that I'm about to pitch a movie. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so which Hemsworth is her love interest? Okay. No, Chris. Definitely Chris. <laughs> definitely Chris. Uh, Two blondies, huh? Yeah. As it... Sh- no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I didn't say it. I didn't yeah, say it. I didn't say anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Chris, Chris and, Chris and, 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 and Samara... Uh, they're planning their wedding, and they, uh, you know, we kind of get get into the, or we uh, enter the conversation as it's already been going for a little while, and uh, they, uh, e- <laughs> through subtext, you can figure out that they've already they've hammered out the details on the flowers. Flowers check. Sure. Uh, flowers yeah. are done. We can have a little scroll on the side of the screen that's listing off everything they've done. They might yeah, even, yeah. in fact, have like a, an actual scroll in front of them and be holding quills as they, uh, <laughs> yeah, as they write this out. That's how you plan weddings. You need quills. You need ink. At, at least in Australia, I don't know if you did it mm-hmm. that way, Will, but I'm led to believe. Yeah. And in my preparations for, okay, we're not talking about me and, and Samara though. Uh, okay. We're talking about our movie. Uh, so they got the scroll out. Uh, flowers crossed off. Uh, officiant crossed off. It's going to be Samara's uncle. Oh. Who in this movie Hugo. will be played by Hugo. But it's not uh, Samara weaving in the movie. She's a different character altogether. Wait, but is it Hugo in the movie? It's Hugo in the movie, but he's not named it, Hugo. Oh, so he's not playing Hugo. He's not playing himself. He is playing her uncle. Which he also is in real life. Okay. Is he named Dundee McQueen? He's named he's named Wallaby Dundee. And oh boy. And uh and uh, uh Samara's named Dingo Ain't My Baby Dundee. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> and Chris Hemsworth is named Shrimp on the Barbie. Mm. Um I'm s i am I apologize to <laughs> the Australian pitch hunters out there. I I I make no apologies. I feel bad, but I won't apologize. Um, so they're planning this wedding, as I've been saying. We're like th- like 15 seconds into the movie so far. So this okay, is, we're, we're cruising along. Right, going at a good pace. <laughs> so next, next on the agenda is catering. Um, and you can tell... We pan over to Chris's face and a little... Uh, his brow furrows. His, his strong, uh, strong, manly brow furrows a bit. 
Uh, and we can tell that this is going to be maybe a point of contention. So Chris is like, so here's the deal. Uh, a dingo ate my baby. Um, I only eat shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> no, I'm I'm allergic to sh- to shellfish. Um, Whoa, that's a twist. Which is uh. huge twist. The name is actually somewhat ironic uh, for that reason. Um, although I don't think shrimp are shellfish. I wouldn't count them as shellfish personally. I think they are. It doesn't matter. They, they have to be right. They're shelled. I mean, they are fish with shells, so it checks out. <laughs> I can't I can't question that. I can't fact check it. Melvin's away. Anyway, uh that's not the important thing though. He's he's like, you know, there's this thing that I know about you, Adingo I made baby, that we the audience don't know yet. But the thing is, I would like there to be a, I'd like the 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 fair at this wedding to be traditional. Uh you know, we're talking ratatouille, we're talking salmon with some sort of delicious glaze. We're talking uh, chicken in awesome sauce. We're talking mm, awesome. Sauce. We're talking. Uh, we're talking small potatoes. We're talking big potatoes. No big potatoes. Uh, bread. Did I get everything that was on Will's menu? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Thank you. Uh, I think. Just don't forget the desserts. The desserts. That's going to come at a later date because right now they're just talking about the main meal. Um, so he says this with a a tremor of trepidation in his voice and we go look over at, uh, a dingo ate my baby and she says, uh, shrimp on the Barbie. We've been over this. I love you very much, but, uh, traditional wedding food isn't going to do it for me at my wedding. All that we're going to serve is grilled cheese. Um, and a sh- wait, has she been eating exclusively grilled cheese her entire life, as if her life depends on it? No, <laughs> I don't know okay, what you're. Ta- I don't know what you're on about, Will. But it's not the same as that. <laughs> okay, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not. It's different. <laughs> it's grilled cheese. Um. So we pan back over to uh to shrimp on the Barbie's face, and he. Uh, looks at first crestfallen, but then his crestfallenness turns into a snarl of anger. Oh, jeez! This is all just the opening scene, mind you. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I wouldn't want to see that man get legitimately angry. I think that'd be scary. You're about to. He's a big fella. because he is about to bark. Is he gonna bring like down a dog? Th- Odin's thunder <laughs> upon her. Does he turn into a dog or a werewolf of some kind? No spoilies. This is all happening. That's not going to happen immediately. Um, He's like, I am so sick and tired of your obsession with grilled cheese sandwiches. If you love grilled cheese so much, why don't you marry it? Oh, Oh. challenge accepted. We pan back. We pan back to Dingle hit my baby's face. She looks shocked. <laughs> but then the, they never fought before. The shocked look on her face turns to a sneer of determination. <laughs> and she says, Maybe I will. End scene. Two months later. <laughs> reads the title card. We're we're back at the restaurant. 
we started by looking at uh, a dingo at my baby's face. She's sitting at what looks to be a very similar table. She once again has this list, the scroll, of the items that she needs to check off before the wedding is fully planned. Did I mention that it was six months later? Yeah. I thought you said two months later. I'm pretty later. sure I said it was six months later. Sure, okay. <laughs> Melvin, sure, sure, oh, sure, sure. shoot. Well, we'll have to go with six months. Sorry. It's six months later. So she's hmm. talking about... she's. That's the amount of time it takes to get pregnant by grilled cheese. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> no spoilies. It's a fact. Uh, she's once again, as we can tell, planning a wedding. <laughs> But strangely, we're only seeing her face. Weird. <laughs> and then, in a dramatic twist, she asks a question, such as, uh, how about flowers? And it pans to the other side of the table, and instead of a gorgeous hunk of Australian man, there's a gorgeous chunk of extra-sharp cheddar cheese grilled between <laughs> two slices of bread sitting on a plate. <laughs> Guess what, guys? Uh, She's going to get married to a grilled cheese sandwich. I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> I know. That's nice. why I said no spoilies. I didn't want that moment to be spoiled because it was a great moment. Um, so she's well into planning this wedding. And Can it be played by Polly Shore? I would prefer that it be played by H. John Benjamin okay, doing an Australian okay. accent. Could this be how it looks when the wedding day arrives? <laughs> Luke uh, is showing us a picture of his uh, plush bread toy Breddy in a suit coat, <laughs> which he, uh, for some reason, had ready on his phone. <laughs> it's oh, my bread. background. It's the background to his phone. It'll look exactly like that. And yeah, that's actually what it looks like when they're sitting at the table, too. Uh, shout out to Breddy. Shout out to Breddy. We love you, Breddy. Um, so they're planning this wedding, and we, we like. You know, we're we're seeing some like shots of them going to like get the tux tried on and the wedding dress tied on, and uh, we find out some information about like the the details of this wedding. So that it turns out that they they're going to have to get married uh, in international waters because they don't allow uh, human grilled cheese sandwiches in Australia. But oh. if they're in international waters, as we all know, anything goes. anything goes. There's no such thing as laws. Are there protesters on the land with signs that say it's Adam and Eve, not Adam bread and cheese? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's that's there are lots of clever slogans like that, like mostly around Adam and Eve because uh, Eve kind of rhymes with cheese. So like it's Adam and Eve, <laughs> not bread and cheese. It's Adam and Eve, not uh, Adam and grilled cheese. It's Adam and Eve, not like. <laughs> Uh, butter and frying pan knees. Uh, <laughs> we can improve on that. Uh, I don't think we can. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Brie. Oh, that that's wrong. good. Yeah, we improved. It's, oh, good it's job, Adam and, and Eve, not Adam and Brie. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so obviously there are a lot. But no, but no, but obviously two cheeses can marry because they're marrying their own kind. You know. Some people, so, oh, I, man, I, think, I sounded like a bigot there. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Some people are some people are bigoted like Will, um, but some people <laughs> some people are just bigoted in a more traditional sense. So, like, there definitely are some people that's like any marriage between cheeses that are of a different of like not of the same variety 
is an abomination. And some of them are like, eh, you know, if it's, you know, if it's made from curdled uh, mammary products, what, who are <laughs> we to say what can marry what? Um, yeah, yeah. But in any case, like, so, so there are these, it's not even just on the, like on the mainland when this, this boat is going out to sea, but like all along the way, uh, a dingo at my baby is getting like severely discriminated against. And they're like, there are protesters who are following her. Like this has become news in Australia. Like we see these, these, uh, these news reports that are like, you're not going to believe what's going on down in Canberra. It's crazy. Ah, it's crazy, ladies. Gonna go and marry a sandwich. And, go on, and then they have like a bunch of panelists around. Was like, oh, that's a that's a damn shame. Oh, what a beautiful lady that we're losing off to a sandwich. What's next? What nationality is this newscaster? This newscaster is the Tommy Wiseau of Australia. They really don't know <laughs> yeah. where he's from and or how he became famous. I, uh, I'm good for one decent Australian accent per episode of Pitch Hunt, so that's all I'm going to be doing. Um, but also what we're seeing is the turmoil that her family is going through, that Dingo and my baby's family is going through, because they're very supportive, you know? They, they love their daughter very much, um, and some of them, especially of the older generation, just have a hard time understanding why they're... Uh, why their daughter has chosen such a such a rash life choice and she like is having like convos with her with her friends and they're like we feel like you're doing this for all the wrong reasons like as in to purely spite yes yeah <laughs> her ex yeah exactly <laughs> purely to spite the man who she otherwise was completely ready to get married to uh and how does the cheese feel about this the cheese um the cheese is a really good sport <laughs> Like the cheese has has the grilled cheese has seen it all, um, and so like it's 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 disappointing to be sure, and you can see the disappointment um, on on the bready face um, of this grilled cheese. But at the same time, he's he's very strong, uh, very strong, uh, able to withstand the ridicule, um, and uh, you know just a trooper, just a real trooper. The love between uh, the grilled cheese and a dingo at my baby is. It's real. I mean, there's no question that the love there is real. Oh. Um, but well, it's pretty brave for the sandwich to be getting married on the water. It's kind of it like, is. Yeah, that's a sign of true love because that would be like for any of us getting married with a lava pit. That's exactly us. Yeah, what I was going to say. Like in the middle of a volcano, and I think that there will be a dramatic scene uh, where uh, a dingo at my baby and grilled cheese are. Uh, like looking at wedding venues and they keep getting turned away and a dingo at my baby says something like, you know, maybe it just wasn't meant to be, uh, you know, a woman and a grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, it seems like nobody wants us to be together and it's grilled cheese sandwich. Who says, I know what we can do. We can go into international waters and a dingo at my baby says, no, I'm going to stop you there. It's too dangerous. What if uh, your your butter made you slip on the deck and you fell into the water? <laughs> You'd be pecked apart by seabirds in an instant. And grilled cheese says, "That's a risk, a risk that I'm I'm willing to take. If this love is real, and I truly believe that it is, sometimes you have to take risks like that." 
Man, imagine the fucking gravitas of these lines coming out of H. John Benjamin. Right? Is, <sighs> it's pretty great. Not just H. John Benjamin, but H. John Benjamin doing an Australian accent. Um, yeah. I mean, he's very, he he's already shown his range. He was able to play a can of soup or whatever in yeah. Wet Hot American Summer, to, too. So. To be honest, that's, that's mostly the reason that I chose him. Uh, Another part... <laughs> Another reason is that um, he has a beautiful, silky voice. Uh, and yeah. a thir- it's a really a good third, voice. A third reason is that he is the current spokesman for Arby's. Um, so he <laughs> is he? Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah, like he knows sandwiches big time. Arby's good get by Arby's. It's man. Like a seriously good get by Arby's. I'm amazed that all the other uh, fast food chains weren't fighting over him. I mean, he knows cheese and bread too from all those hours working. Bob's right. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And grills. Cheese bread and grills. Yeah. All the elements just, are there. It's kind of the role I that he was born to play. I I I wanted Polly Shore because he plays that character in a goofy movie who's like, hey, it's a leaning tower of cheese. <laughs> but like he can he could be a like just a guest. He'll be he'll wedding. be the best man because that yeah. that although I don't remember that moment, that really sold me. It's like the best, by far the best line in a goofy is it, movie. Is it a goofy movie or an extremely goofy movie? Because I remember feeling betrayed. I think by it's that. an extremely goofy because movie. Because extremely goofy movie. Because he's in college, right? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the original because I don't think I've seen the sequel. Don't see the sequel because even though it's called an extremely goofy movie, it's not goofier than the first goofy movie. Okay. I was, okay, good. But it is more extreme because it, it's about extreme. It sports. is about extreme sports, like skateboarding. As I recall. Biking. Yeah. BMX, that kind of thing. Cool, 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 rad. So if you're, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't put it on the top of the list, but worth checking out if you're into that kind of thing. Um, so, But anyway, we're, we're, we got to get close to the resolution here. So they're, they're out on this boat, um, and uh, <clears throat> it's a beautiful night, the night of the wedding. Uh, Dingo ate my baby, his whole family is there, um, and grilled cheese is there uh, with his... Best man, uh, Polly Shore, um, and the ceremony is going on. The, it's literally it's in the process of going on, um, and it's nighttime out, and there's beautiful mood lighting, and they're about to say their vows when all of a sudden the lights go out, <gasps> and it's pitch black. Oh, and. Uh, Everybody does Vin Diesel step out with some purple goggles. Vin Diesel was already there, actually. He's part of uh, a Dingo at My Baby's wedding party. He he plays uh, a Dingo at My Baby's brother. He's the wedding singer. He, he is in. <laughs> oh man, hey, listeners, if you haven't heard Vin Diesel do karaoke, give that a quick Google. Give it a long Google, like really, really sit in it for a while because it's something that has to be experienced. <laughs> Like a like a fine glass of scotch, you got to really swirl it and let it let it really breathe in your mouth and in your ears. Um, so he'll he's the wedding singer definitely, um, and he's actually they've asked him to sing while the vows are going on. So he's singing, and the lights go out, and his mic cuts out, um, and there's a, a mad scramble to get the lights back on because the, this beautiful moment's being ruined, and the lights come back on and. A dingo ate my baby is still there, but grilled cheese. Oh shit! Is gone. All that's Don't left even say it. are Ugh. a few crumbs and a little streak of grease. 
I think I know what happened. Tell me what you think happened, Will. I think that a dingo ate my baby, done ate her her fiance. Okay. I think shrimp on the Barbie split it with Finn Diesel. <laughs> what if I was to tell you that neither of those things happened? Oh, shit, what happened? What actually happened was, and we find this out at a rapid pace, right, uh, as the, the mad hunt is on, both of the theories that you guys have talked about are being thrown out on the wind. A bunch of people are like, she she was so hungry, and all she was in it for was being physical, and so she just up and ate him. <laughs> um, and other people are like, oh, that shrimp on the Barbie, he must have been so mad that he was spurned for a grilled cheese sandwich. Um, but while this mad dash is happening, we get one of those classic shots, kind of like a a usual suspects kind of thing where like all of a sudden this like master plan that's been going on in the background of the, the film for the whole time, but we haven't really seen anything of is like unfolded before our very eyes. Um, much to the, the shock and possibly delight of the, the movie going audience. And what's really happened was this whole time, although the humans were very angry and bigoted about, uh, this whole wedding thing, the grilled cheese community was even more, oh my even God. more uh, incensed by this. And word got to the leader of the Australian grilled cheese mafia, and <laughs> he put out a hit on our uh, our groom grilled cheese. Oh man! And there was a, wow, I... a daring heist that involved uh, like putting out grilled cheese sandwiches as bait for seagulls uh and then like having the seagulls like the grilled cheese Wait, will get picked up their own they it, it seems like they're sacrificing their own like there's this kind of as i was saying there's this dramatic montage and you think that this grilled cheese is about to sacrifice itself to a seagull for the cause but it turns out that it's just trying to be caught and when the seagull catches it uh the grilled cheese uses these like weird robotic tendrils to control the mind of the seagull and, oh, and fly it like a, a an airplane drone over onto the uh the ship and then uh sprinkle some like seagull like some chum on grilled cheesy while the lights are out and so it really is a, it's a hit and the seagull does eat gr- a, a grilled cheese but it turns out it's grilled cheesy oh. and this was all meant as we find out uh as a message sent by the grilled australian grilled cheese mafia that grilled cheese is not to marry human beings wow and on that well, I, that's note. a twist <laughs> that I actually did see coming. Did you? <laughs> I just thought it was too obvious to <laughs> to guess. I'm really so I I'm really glad that you didn't say it uh, because that was that was my one worry was that it, that that twist would be a little bit too in your you know on the nose and obvious. Is the way they uh, they they escape like they have to form a big old stack of grilled cheeses yes. and like to get to the door handle. Yes. And then as they're making their exit, Polly short turns over and is like, Hey, it's a leaning tower of cheese. That's the last line of the film. <laughs> That's the last line of the end film scene, roll credits and end film roll credits. Uh, the end. Wow. So I pulled a Melvin uh-huh. and it turns out 
that character is in both a goofy movie and an extremely goofy <laughs> no movie. No way. Well, he's, a, he's an important character. <laughs> no way. In the universe. So everybody was right, as it turns out. Well, Jacob, that was... Heartbreaking. A ride. And a ride, yes. I apologize for doing what I always do. Oh, no, which we was, held you no, up like crazy, Going man. over time. It was the best kind of ride. Thank you. Yeah. And I think we should ship it. I ship it. Guys, Yeah. what should we do next time? War. Yes, let's do war movies. Cool. We're doing war movies. What is it good for? Three dope movie pitches. <laughs> yeah. That guy was wrong in that song. <laughs> it is bad for most It things, is. So. Yeah, it's really quite awful and horrible, and I hope that the pitches that we pitch next week will follow the... will really give homage to the gravitas that the mm-hmm. theme mm-hmm. Uh, will represent. And knowing the podcast, you can count on that. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, as always, reach us out at our email uh, at pitchhunt.org. Info. Either info yeah. <laughs> or, or, or Will Luke or Jacob. You get the deal. Yeah. You've heard this spiel. Ooh, that rhymed. If it's your first time <laughs> listening, listen back to hear that because Will went through it really fast and then made an awesome rhyme. Uh, but we shouldn't assume. We're also on social yeah. at uh, pitch underscore hunt. Yeah, dog. We tweet all the time. We tweet all I'm the time, told. dude. <laughs> uh, thanks for not being here, Melvin. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Miss you, Melvin. as always, as always, stay, stay pitchy. Yeah, we love you love as you. much as Melvin loves that piece of shit, Kenny G. Yeah. He sure does. Mazel tov. L'chaim. I'm not happy for you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.